that rattled me, man. I'm not going to lie. Don't worry about Can it. You tell? When Ben Bank is his mayor, we're going to fix all those problems. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, do you see that I see my uh, merch that I've got on here? This is excellent merch, yes. yes. Vote Ben Bank is see? Donald Trump is Jewish. Yes, Love exactly. <laughs> I figured that'll get any Trumpers that we have in Canada, that'll get them on board, right? Well, listen, we are we are we are under the impression that Donald Trump is a racist. Um, so is Hillary. So is every other candidate. We literally every other candidate across every other political platform in every other political party is racist, except Ben Bankus. So hey. listen, if you support any other politician in our the only way you to redeem yourself is to vote Ben Bankus. Based on and based on the liberal de- based on the liberal definition of what a racist is, I think what you're saying is hundred percent true. Yeah, this is this is. I mean, some people might remember Ben Bankus as the dissident comedian who uh, through did comedy shows during COVID that were anti-lockdown. And you might think, yeah, this is really based, but he was fixed. Um, he was sent to a re-education camp in northern Saskatchewan. Yes, yeah, oh, we're aware. We brought him over here. Yep. Yeah, you brought him over here, and uh, Dr. Teresa Tam uh, and and friends fixed Ben. Um, so now he knows. Uh, he was given the literature, Ibrahim X. Kennedy, Robin D'Angelo, um, you know, Justin Trudeau's philosophical musings. And he now realizes that every single politician is actually racist by what they're pitching. So only only a Ben Bankus candidacy is progressive enough to um, fix the world. Well, I have, in- to say, I, I have to say I completely agree. Thank you. Da- Daniel's freaking running bits before I even do my intro. Uh, that was fucking awesome, man. Hilarious. Okay, so I just want to do a little intro. I want to welcome everybody back for uh, episode 59 of Canadian Talk. We have uh, one of our favorite people from the show. I can't remember, man, if you were on episode 12 or what it was, but we have him back. So uh, what I can tell you is Daniel, I started to know Daniel about a few years ago, uh, basically through the internet. And I saw that you were a guy who was out there putting your voice out there. You had you had conviction in the things you were saying. You and you just basically were putting your opinions out there uninterrupted, just like that's what you called your show at one point, right? And uh, just just I think that that's courageous. So that was why originally I admired you. So I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Uh, And so, yeah, welcome to. Welcome to the show. And uh, yeah, to my audience, that's who he is, just to remind you. Uh, and uh, yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, I like to start with I like to start with a sappy compliment. And then then we move from there. Sometimes it's a little awkward. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because the last time I was here, I mean, I did the show interrupted at Tag TV before the lockdowns, like when I was in studio and then like, you know, the, the world went crazy and, and broke. So then yeah. it became regular internet rambling. I started the yeah. National Telegraph since then. Um, and that's my like right wing commentator thing. But now I'm here to talk about my um, finding the light and becoming uh, the most progressive campaign manager. For sure. The most progressive yeah. candidate so, in, so, in all of the world. So. so do you consider yourself more of a of a comedian now or more? And the pundit, the pundit thing is kind of on on pause. Well, I mean, so I met Ben doing comedy. Um, so I was a comedian first. Ben and I both went to Queen's University together and we were like doing comedy um, at Queen's. So that's that's how we met each other over 10 years ago now. And, you know, I went into before, you know, in 2015, I met a different comedian who was a political refugee from Iran. And we like realized, OK, the world's going to break apart. The government's crazy. 
um, if the if if the government's so stupid and mismanaged and 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 society's like gone on the brink that if someone sneezes the entire system could collapse. So now we're at the point where someone sneezed three years ago and the entire system collapsed. Um, yeah. So I still do that. I still write for the National Telegraph. I still you know I still manage that. So I still do my right wing uh, rabble rousing and then I have yes I guess this comedic bit as the campaign manager for Ben Bankus. Yeah. But. You know, it's you know we can do both in this world. Um, so, listen the the theory behind the Ben Bankus mayoral run is a primarily this is the funniest thing that everyone anyone's ever done. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Canadian politics, totally. Like, it, it, finally, I, finally, somebody's doing a fake a fake running, and it's you guys are doing I, so funny. Sorry, continue. but it's not fake; it's real. Like I have oh, to, we, no, just got, real. we just got we just got thirty five. You need twenty five signatures. And to hand it in, like we we last night we were at Yuck Yucks, did the event. We got like thirty five signatures, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I have the signatures in the other room, um, and the forms are signed. And April third, we can hand them in. So I have no doubt that comedians are very well suited to be politicians. I mean, look at what we see in Ukraine. Yeah. What, what Zelensky one? Zelensky on that, is a comedian. Yeah, and, and uh, there's it. yeah, there's yeah, there's a guy in uh, Switzerland, a comedian can win. And listen. So here's the thing. People will be like, okay, one, this is funny. This is just really funny. If you watch the videos, you get it. Yeah, and, then, yeah and to, to be everybody out there, um, uh, go to basically Ben Bankus's Instagram or Daniel Boardman's Instagram. It's their full names on there. Daniel underscore Boardman, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't really use my Instagram. Oh, um, fair enough. Instagram's not that political. Like, I use Instagram basically to um, connect with people who just, like, only use Instagram and message them. And then yeah. uh, so the, the videos are on Ben Bankus's Instagram. Ben Bankus' Twitter. You can go to my Twitter. Uh, I under my thing, and I retweet his videos. Um, so like, if that's my plug, like that's where I'm more active. Because Twitter, I can yell at like different politicians for being stupid. Yeah. Um, whereas like Instagram, it's like posting pictures of my breakfast, which I yeah. Like yeah. And if that, anyone's that's wondering, at Ben Bankus two, right? At Ben Bankus two. Yeah. Because his first one got his first one got um, uh, banned or whatever. Do you know anything yeah, his first about one got that? Banned. Did it have to do with the with the Asian voices or what did it? I don't know. There was like it was one of those like you know we're just no warning like you're well, gone. I hate um, that with with how I wish that when that happens and they see that he's a reputable guy, I wish that they would just reactivate his account, you know, or would it take one but, phone call to Instagram to get that to happen, you know, with a, we with exactly, the fancy. But I think the, I think the the second account is now bigger than the first one was. So oh for sure, yeah for sure, right. So but, at, uh, at this stage. Can't, maybe they could collapse yeah. them together or do some sort of magic work. Collapse them together. Like, but I mean, whatever. I mean, at, at this point, best they just don't notice and don't notice yeah. that oh, we've banned him before. Should we ban him again? Fair enough. Yeah, we are invisible up here in Canada. Hey, we can kind of use it at, to our advantage as much as it is a downfall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is this is the thing. So, yeah, I, I check out these videos. Okay. So they're, they're really funny. You'll, you'll laugh. Yes. And I would, I would say the pitch is if you're in Toronto area, if you vote for Ben Bankus, it gets funnier, right? The, the more seriously you take this, the funnier it gets. I might come There's, rent a basement suite down there just so I can vote for Ben. How many votes does it actually take to win those types of mayoral elections? Like, are you guys in the hundred thousands or? Well, it's going to be less in this election. So the thing is, our mayor resigned, John Tory resigned, and no one else really has much name recognition. So there's... There's um, like the top two are uh, Mark Saunders and Olivia Chow. Olivia Chow is like Jack Layden's ex-wife, a career communist, a, a, a horribly bitter woman by anyone who's ever come in contact her. Career politician, commie nonsense. Um, you know, she's loved by some like hardcore old school communists. 
types and like union, like the people, whatever, but hated by literally everyone else in the city um, yeah. for being like, you know, anti-business and, and just insanely corrupt over you the You know years. what I don't I mean, like about the left versus the right? If I could just interject for one moment. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I like that on the right, it's consistent across the whole way. The, the message is, you know, you work for yourself. You are an individual. Whereas the message on the left is always kind of like fake. It's almost like scaled where you, you, they, they're selling, they don't realize that they're what they're buying, you know, because there's people that, that think they're left wing, but they don't realize what communism is. They don't realize that, that, that those ideologies when taken to their extremes kind of result in that every time. And it's, not yeah, good. I mean, whereas the extreme on the right is good. Like when you're a totally autonomous individual, it's not bad. It's not harming anyone else. Uh, maybe it's harming yourself because it, maybe it's narcissism, but like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. If you go on a, on a libertarian scale, like, I mean, there's, there's different, like the left, right is like extreme on the right on, on other metrics, right. You can get to like hyper-fascism, um, right. Uh, extreme. Oh, in so terms of a government system. Yes. But I guess government I'm, system, I'm talking about it in the psychology. In terms of, right. If you're just talking in terms of like, individualism versus collectivism yes right the, the radical individualism is is a lot safer right much less likely to lead to uh the Khmer rouge than than the collectivist for sure right for sure so yeah that's I, a I smart way of saying what i was trying to say thank you yeah uh, i was well, i think i was talking more about psychology but yeah but yeah, I yeah and I think, but i think you're onto something here. the way i'd say it is and what you see with all these crazy leftists in toronto especially and why we need to parody them and make fun of them and really hurt their feelings okay is these people are utopian um s sort of social constructivists right Absolutely. so this is i want to get into the point of social constructivism a little bit because it, it's what's so damaging i think to a lot of western politics here and, and we see it, it's like the theory that you know if we just had the right ideas right this is the like upper middle class leftism like it doesn't need to be even communism but it's sort of like oh if we just implied the right ideas like so we just had these stabbings on the subways where um criminals commit like eighty thousand violent crimes they write a manifesto that I'm going to get out and I want to kill more people. And then unless they're Tamara Lich, they're thrown back into society right away. Like, catch them release. Yep. Right. This is this is the thing like, you know, yep. ooh, we got them out. You go right into exactly. the thing. Well, it's just before I forget, too. Yeah, that's like the Jordan Peterson thing where, where he critiques it. And he says that basically it's like radical narcissism where they believe that, oh, if, if I was in charge of the communism, exactly. then it would turn into the utopia I was promised. That's exactly. that's so the Peterson but, quote. Yeah, it's it's it, it, you're right. It is a term. It's it's a mixture of it's like narcissism and sort of cultural masochism guised yep. as compassion. Yep. Is this so the, the theory of like so this these these people just stabbed a sixteen year old kid and everyone's talking on all these things on that like well I will invest more in community health and mental health like the the real thing is like this and like the, the thought of like oh I will just be so compassionate and I will be like if I am mayor if Josh Matlow this like progressive city council lunatic is mayor he's going to sit down and talk to everyone with mental illness and you know fix all their problems because he's so compassionate and he'll fix this and it's like no like my best friend schizophrenia and like has gone through psychosis just went through a thing and like I understand it's hard but so I'm not like saying no mental health care but some people actually just commit violent crimes and needs to need to be institutionalized yeah and like my friend hasn't committed violent crimes but sometimes like he just recently had a bad break and he needed to be institutionalized and go to like the hospital to get mentally better like you don't just throw him back on the street right but this like mental health uh stuff is like sort of like yeah, well it's crazy i've been around a person that has schizophrenia before as well and uh it is kind of crazy how you can still kind of see the person in there 
But then they have this thing that clouds them. They have these voices. It's, it's really wild. It was like, I, I also have this other friend, Jonathan, who's a meth head. And so, I mean, no, we're not friends. We're not friends. Uh, but I actually did like, I recall one time we did a podcast, like right after he, he relapsed and, and I, I've never re- released it because it's way too crazy. But uh, actually, I think you can find it somewhere deep in the website, but it's not on YouTube or anything. And uh, yeah, it's just weird to see that people are, even when they're in that deep, deep in, a thro- in the throes of addiction or whatever it may be, you can still see them in there, you know? And yeah, it's and, really sad. Sorry, continue with and, your mental like, health. The thing is, like, people with mental health issues are actually less likely to commit violent crime than the general population, more likely to be the victim. And also, like, you know, when a terrorist, like, kills a bunch of people and then we found out he also had a mental health condition, it's like, it's not really mental health. Like, yes, maybe suffering some mental health things made him more likely to be radicalized by either white nationalists, you know, ISIS, um, whatever thing is. But it's like, the problem is, also, like these, like we just want to say, oh, mental health. Like, had had I been in charge, we all would have been nice, and this wouldn't have happened. It's like, well, no, there's there's actual it's so delusional behind this violence, and sometimes people show like violent ideologies, right, and and then need to be institutionalized um, because of it. And you, right, so this is the stuff in Toronto that we're dealing with, yeah, where we just lost the plot here, and like the conservative so-called frontrunner Mark Saunders. Let me get into this guy. Okay. He's the former police chief in Toronto. Okay. Right. And he's a black former police chief. And we thought that would protect him from like it, it, he can't call him racist. But yeah, the hyper progressives called him racist. And he was police chief under John Tory where this violent crime skyrocketed. He was there. He oversaw the depolicing attitude where, you know, the real problem is racism. Uh, racism causes crime. Cops are racist. Therefore, more cops equals more crime. So let's do less cops. Oh, crime went up. Because all of a sudden, criminals know that there's no cops on the streets. And if they get caught committing crimes, they get back out within 15 minutes. So, oh, look, they're committing more crimes because certain men with antisocial patterns of behavior will see, oh, there's no consequences to actions X, Y, and Z. I'm more likely to do them. And yeah, yeah, it's not because they're black or they're white or they're brown. It's because, you know. Yeah, you could say there's socioeconomic pressures in certain situations, and but there's also like gangs have popped up somewhere, and if you're not like hard on them, right, they they go more like there's there's real issues, and it's everything all at once is is what it is, right? Yeah, and it's like and you can't and and no person should feel that they can just handle that. And and this is what I like about this campaign. So we're not saying we're going to fix all your problems. If if you break down like what we're saying, like we're saying ridiculous things. But then, like, if you like, listen to the Ben has a podcast, and if you listen to this podcast, yes, like, the Ben Bankett show, great right? podcast. Yeah, episode we're, we're, like, episode sixteen or what episode is he on? And it comes out on which day of the week? Um, he it comes out when he uh, after he there's no there's no set schedule release. Oh, ben okay. is YouTube. Right? Gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah, it's uh, yeah, you can find you that know. on all platforms or uh, just on any podcatcher. Really, the, the Ben yeah, podcast thing. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is like. Our, our political philosophy for picketing is like, we're not going to fix all your problems. We can't. Like, we can make this a bit better if you vote for us, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we shift into sort of like, we're not going to embrace fantastical thinking, right? But, you know, by fighting woke nonsense at City Hall, like, you can't bully us and call us racist and then say, oh, if Christy Wong Tam, the most insane woke counselor in the city, for 
reference to people in Saskatchewan, right? If Christy Wonkam, the, the most insane, says Ben and Daniel are racist because the guy who just, with a teardrop tattoo, who just shot a baby in the face is going to jail for more than 15 minutes. Like, okay, like, she can, mm -hmm. like she's, no matter what we do, they're going to freak out over us. Yeah. So we don't care. Like yeah. criminals, like there's going to be pressure from the mayor's office to say when people commit violent crimes, they go to jail. And if police arrest criminals, like we're not going to, we're not going to ruin their lives, right? Uh, we'll we'll intercede a bit, and you know this doesn't fix everything. It doesn't make the gang problem go away. There will always be evil men and women uh, that, no matter what, some people like some men women, have antisocial disposition and get off by you know trying to break the system or seeing they can get away with illegal things. Like, right, we're to see three million people plus, right? by us being there we're not going to make everyone good with a better mental health plan right the social constructivist if society was just structured the right way everyone would be perfect no like we understand no matter what we do there's going to be a sociopathic man out there yeah. who's gonna find a weapon and he's gonna try and stick up an old lady because he gets it's, off on violence for sure for Our sure is and if i could just interject for a second it's it's almost like it's like this it's like a delusion again i come back to the delusion or where where people think that they are um, uh, like, oh my god, I, I I had it and then I lost I lost my train of thought. Shit, sorry. Continue what you were saying and it's okay. gonna come back to yeah. it. Okay, so let's let's just like outline the, the behind the scenes, like what what the actual picture. So you see, we're making fun of all the other platforms, right? We're the most progressive candidate. Like everyone else claims that they fight transphobia and homophobia, but is anyone else promising to make a TTC train that's only for trans? Is anyone else promising trans trains? No, right? No. So that's safe, right? And that's a lot of money. You could build a whole new train system. That's right. We're currently economy. going through a trans genocide. We're going through a trans genocide, and none of the other candidates are proposing uh, uh, a train only for trans people. Yeah. No one they else call has themselves trans progressives, trans. but like we, everyone should be gender neutral. And like, we, everyone, need, we exactly. need to get there as quickly as possible. Right. So, you know, okay. So, if you're, if you're a real progressive, you have to vote for Ben Bankus or else. Um, uh, you know, of course. The world collapses. Yeah. But, or else like, so let's 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 talk about the the elephant in the room of like Chris Guy, and I've heard Chris Guy's platform, and I heard him talk on Twitter Spaces. I've been with him, and listen, is Chris Guy right about lockdowns being bad? Yeah, sure. But Chris Guy is the type of politician that I hate, um, in like Daniel's terms, and it's like not a personal thing, but he's yeah. he's campaigning. I'm going to save the world. I'm going to yep. save you. I'm going to fight corruption. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I heard him go off on like, I'm going to create a system in which everyone in Toronto is going to vote on something and everything's going to be super public. And if you want something done in City Hall, there'll be a website where you can go and you can click and you can vote. It's like, one, how much is this going to cost? Two, yeah. like the administrative delay. Three, how easy is this going to be to infiltrate? Like, can the Chinese just create a bot army to vote on a, a thing? Like, like what? This is this is such an insane idea, right? That Chris Guy's saying like, I'm going to fix you this this and this only i can fight corruption at this it's like there's a certain amount of entropy that like yeah it's like the movement uh, now in politics is kind um, of more for moderate promises so you don't have to have yeah. too many lies like yeah, i guess so, that's kind but, of what pierre poliev does a little bit right a he's little just bit, he, but, he's attacking it purely at the home level where he's like let's ever homes should be affordable homes should be affordable it, it's a it's a little bit reductionist for the whole the real estate yeah. thing but but like so the, the Ben Bank is pitch, if you break it down, is like, one, you're saying F you to the establishment, right? You, you, you realize that all these other idiots are, are gone. But it's like, 
fundamentally you believe in yourself, right? Our, our thing is like Rob Ford is the greatest mayor in, in Toronto's modern history. Okay. <laughs> in my lifetime, Rob Ford's the best mayor. This isn't a joke. I actually used to do this as a joke. Like when I was, no, I get it. I think, I, would a mayor, go, I think a mayor should be a man of the people. Listen, yeah, all this it, joking, this all works together. There's no, we're getting, we're, we're getting caught in between the hyperbolic and the reality here, but this is the way it should be. A mayor should no, no, be a we're, man we're, of the people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off. We're sort of caught right in reality right now. Rob Ford was the greatest mayor. Yeah. And I would even go and say, it, like, he's the greatest mayor. What did he do? He got drunk, like, nearly every night, smoked crack once, tried to kick a football and fell down. But he left the city with a billion-dollar surplus because he wasn't building silly bridges to nowhere and wasting everyone's money on nonsense, mm -hmm. right? And no bike lanes for, uh, like, the slow down the – like, the bike lanes, they don't increase biking. They, they, they make pollution worse because they make traffic worse. So – would you agree with this? Would you agree Here, that? Just give, me, give me one second to finish my pitch of, okay. of Ben Vegas. Yep. Rob Ford, like we believe in the Rob Ford philosophy of like, we're just going to get out of your way. Everyone in Toronto is fine. Like Toronto's full of smart, kind people. Yes, some of them are a bit wacky, but we could all get in, get along. We just don't need to listen to some like insane yuppies who want to tear down all the highways. That's literally a Toronto platform. It's just like get rid of all the roads. Um, which will be our, we're going to go, like our platform is actually, no, get rid of all the roads. Like, because they're all going to be gone, right? We'll, we'll take that. But Well, traveling is, uh, it's like... Um, it's racist anyway, it's bad racist. for the environment. Yeah, right? bad for the environment. We don't believe in 15-minute cities, right? That's not where we're going. We think Toronto's great. We're going to do the 12-minute city. So we, we're going to do 12-minute cities. It's, 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 it's exercising your privilege, any form of travel, and it, it needs to be stopped. Exactly, you get it. Yeah. But underlying this is like, if we just have a mayor who's a comedian, like Ben's still going to do comedy as mayor. He's going to go out at night and be ridiculous, right? And during the day, he'll sign the requisite paperwork. The city will keep running and doing the things. We're not going to have crazy bridges to nowhere. I'll find a random tax cut like Rob Ford did, free municipal tax cut. We'll do that. And then we'll just bully city council as city council calls us racist. Like that's that's <laughs> going to be – You fight fire with fire. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's going to be no ridiculous – Bridges to nowhere, no stupid bike lanes that don't, bikers don't even use. And, you know, the media will be mad at us and city council will be mad at us. And no, none of this will affect your life. Nope. And we're not going to save the world, but we're just going to, we're just going to not spend trillions of dollars not doing nothing in the city. Of dollars. Absolutely. Right. And, and, Got my vote. and yeah. And like the, the school curriculums and whatever won't be like, you know, everyone has to be trans. Right. It will be like, you know, math. We're going to like the, the we literally have a teacher in in Canada yep. trying a, a, a decorated teacher trying to push the two plus two equals five stuff. Two plus two equals four. Right. In sure. in, in a Ben thing. So this okay. is general pitch is it's going to be Rob Ford 2.0. Gotcha. The media is going to go crazy. Ben's going to be caught in doing drugs uh, at yep. night at a comedy show. Someone's going to see him be drunk and then like smoke a joint and then like do something silly. But. Hey, and then then you'll go up in the polls. You think you're voting for anyway. Yep. But this is what he's going to do at night. He's going to go out and he's going to go do comedy, and maybe he'll like you know go and do an American tour. It's like the mayor of Toronto will be in Chicago this weekend, um, being ridiculous, and you'll be like, oh my god, oh, it's 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 unprofessional. But you know what? The city will save a billion dollars. Exactly. So, That's a billion you know, dollars saved. We got to pay for those Ukrainians somehow. We keep sending yeah, them all I this mean, money and we're giving money back to the native Americans too. We got, we need to make this money somehow. Do you see uh, Ben's uh, uh, our thing on the, how we're going to fix um, colonialism? Oh my God. That was so funny. Yeah. If people don't know, you can see it. 
I'll say it is uh, our plan is we're going to fix colonialism yep. um, by going to all the uh, sites of the dead, dead native children, uh, extracting their DNA yes. and sharing with Elon Musk to bring them all back to life. Bring them we're back. We're just going to bring all the native people back to life. Yep. Um, and the only and, real and way gonna... you have to bring, you have to pay back the zombies. Yep. Yeah. And we're just going to bring all of them back to life and boom, boom. We're in there where you and and Why that not? might be a bit of a discount. Like, and then we'll we'll take the two point nine billion back, and we'll just divide it between the ones that we're able to bring back that we can verify. You know, require the repa reparations. You know. Yeah, whatever. And they go, and they get to live in a what a hotel in Niagara Falls for eight years, like the the current migrants are. So that yeah. that's I mean that's that's a that, pretty nice that, hotel. Yeah, take everything take everything that the left proposes to its most logical endpoint. Like yep. you know, oh, we can't have you know. Uh, we can't have proper reconciliation until like these children are back in our lives. Like, okay, you really want to bring back the dead is the only way to solve this. Fine. We'll bring I back think, the dead. That's I think the, the utopian view on the left is so different from the one on the right, but I feel like it really resembles like an anthill. Like that is like the ultimate leftist utopia is a lot like an anthill. Just everybody's the same, doing the same things. Just super simple. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a social constructivist utopian. Yeah. It's like yeah. if we had the right it, ideas, in holes in the dirt, right? right? It and but this is this is the danger of it. Is like if you truly believe this, and if we truly have the right ideas, right, then everything would be perfect. The problem is people like me and you and people listening who who have different ideas, who have different philosophies, and the social constructivist outlook, especially in the utopian context, makes you look at people who dissent and say, "Oh, the reason why we don't have utopia, the reason why crimes are being committed, the reason why these bad things are happening, well, is because of these political dissidents." And they're not embracing the system. Yeah, they, right? they don't have any any naturalism in their body. They don't they don't accept that. I know I was going to say this earlier, and then I forgot it. It's it's that divinity thing where they don't they don't think that humans are even animals, and it's 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 linked with with all of that 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 I think cognitive dissonance that leads to that. And don't don't do you agree? Sorry, I was hoping you'd have something. Or, to say I mean, about that. They don't believe human, or they don't believe humans are better than animals, or or actually animals. Like, because they think that humans aren't animals, they think that 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 we can be governed into a utopia. But, but okay, yeah. So I, we, I agree with this. Yeah, I mean, I, yes. I, I, I would, there's two things here. Which I mean, I, as a not religious person, I, I actually don't mind using religious language to describe this. Good, good. But you're at uh, one from the evolution of biology per, thing with the radical left. So I have always been pushed back against people who are like anti-evolution wackos, like small, like, uh, what is it? Like short earth creationists or, or, or short, like people believe the earth, earth is 6,000 years old. There's no evolutionary history to human beings. You're kind of created like this. We don't have vestigial traits uh, uh, and um, human nature doesn't come from a baser or more animal instinct. I think this is an naive, naive point of view, right? And hyper, super crazy religious people who, you know, and there's some religious people who are deeply religious, but say evolution you know, was the was the tool in which uh, God used to create man, and there was a divine spark that pushed humans in a certain way. Fine, like that that's not a crazy belief. Yeah, right? uh, what's but, that? That's called like, intelligent design, correct? Intelligent design, right? The, the, the intelligent design, like it's compatible. Like I don't think it. Like you know, I'm Ben. There's, there was a guy named Ben who did a documentary on that too. Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Ben Stein. Yeah. So. Let's let's, you know, let's say that that's not a intelligent design. We can we can argue over that, but that's not a crazy belief, and that that that's something we you, we can you come over and have a drink at my place, and we can talk about whatever. But yeah, the sort of evolution denying of like no no no, there's no link between the greater apes. Like 
I'm sorry. Um, you know, we can we can we can track these things. But then you have these radical leftists who, like I said, the trans thing, where like where we have to oh, there's more than two genders, uh, and like can't understand that men and women are different. It's like yeah, it's the most basic tenant of biology and evolutionary biology that humans are. You know, like the it's great, almost like the, it's a motivation problem. You know, it's like it's like people on the right understand that you need motivation to to be an individual, but then people on the left don't want to be an individual. They want this collectivism. So it's like we we have a we realize that motivation is like a resource, and they don't. And and, and gender so, provides a lot yeah, of motivation, the, right? The way I describe it scientifically is the left, the modern radical left let's say, uh, believes, or like you could say the trans rights activist version of the left, believes that evolution happened to human beings only from the neck down. Only from yeah. the neck down did evolution happen. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and not even so much to that because then they also deny the physical qualities. They get full evolution denying. The fundamental evolutionary trade-off that created human beings is um, us are bipedal. So women uh, and men go upright. The benefit of this is we can use our hands to create tools. So highly dexterous hands Yes. Right, by being upright, allows our incredibly large brains to make tools. And this gives us the ability to swim deeper, breathe underwater, fly in the air, uh, and kill any animal. For sure. Uh, in All the that. Kingdom. One other thing I right. want to add to your theory. Well, it's, it's a part of it. I, I, they say that when we left the forest and we started being able to make fires without burning down a whole forest, we, were, we started cooking food and storing it. And then the nutrients, that was also what allowed our brain to grow. It had a lot to do with fire and cooking. Yeah, it, it, this. And so, and let me just, so the fundamental trade-off for human beings is we become bipedal. But this is why a lot of women before modern medicine would die in childbirth. Because the, so the risk trade-off here is, well, now that we're bipedal, we're flipping, right? The, the narrowing of the hips and, you know, babies coming through the vaginal canal. For sure, for sure. Is, is, but then in order to become smarter, our brains have to get bigger because our smarts yeah. are here. Yeah. So the bigger the baby's head, the more- And then the Kardashians were born. And yeah, they were like, okay, we can- <laughs> So the, the fundamental evolutionary trade-off for the intelligence of human beings growing uh, in our evolutionary history is how wide a female's hips can be. So in puberty, women's hips get wider to accommodate for giving birth upright to big-brained babies um, that, that need to be smart, right? So well, lots of women would die in childbirth. So there's this human women are on like this the fundamental edge, right? If their if their hips get a little bit wider, they aren't able to run. Like they just aren't <laughs> able to run effectively. And they won't be able to get away from a tiger at all. Yeah. Right? This is like you got to be in the evolution. It's like sometimes you got to run away from something that's going to kill you. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, 50,000 years ago, like some things are going to kill you and you got to move and get away from them. If your hips are too wide, right, you can't, yeah. you just wobble and fall down. Yes. So female hips are just wide enough to, to keep moving forward. And this is as wide as they can be to give birth to intelligent babies. But there's still a risk here right before modern medicine. And that's why a lot of women would die in childbirth. Yes. So this is like the fundamental evolution trade-off that creates humans. Yep. And all these leftists are like, believe the science, believe the science. I believe in science. You know, um, trans people have this advanced science that says this, and it's like nothing against them, but like, this is why men and can't compete against women in sports. It's not hormone levels. It's not hormone levels that makes Leah Thomas, you know, able to dominate females. Yeah. Men have bigger hearts than women, even if they are the same size. You know what it is you know, that, that I hate about it? And just to interject real quick, this is this show is not called Uninterrupted. Uh, um, is, oh, God damn it, dude, I lost it again. 
Fuck. There you go. No, no, what, what were you just oh, saying? No, uh, no, no. What? I was just saying about men have bigger hearts than women. They could pump blood and get oxygen so faster. This is why it's easier for men to like wear yeah. like sprints. Fuck, I lost it, like, dude. Sorry. Leah Thomas, yeah. if if swimming needs to breathe less than the other girls, yeah, than the girls because his his heart is bigger, even the same size. Okay. Uh, a man and a woman both at six foot, both six feet tall. The man has a bigger heart, which means yeah. he can pump blood and get oxygen to his muscles. Uh, more efficiently than the woman again the the bone structure like the density male yep. shoulders um male shoulders are designed and broadened our shoulders broaden which means they're much better for punching and fighting yep. fighting yep. other men right sure. this is the 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 evolution of like uh, the the angle at which our our arms are are done like you know angular momentum all that like yep. you'll never see a woman ever able to throw a 90 mile an hour fastball in, in exactly exactly in, in and, hey, and i just remember what i was going to say is that is that the left impossible. is the problem with the left is that they're very selectionary with what they oh oh it's it's like it's like they're turning science into a religion in a way where well yeah. well i guess the same problems that we see with religion is what is beginning to happen in science is in that people are being selective and i think that that causes problems right where the and i think that that's a problem of the left i i do so I would agree yeah, with like, you on that, where it's like, either they want to believe this, religion, oh, science is true here, but then, but then over here where it says that, hey, gender is important or gender is real, that, that oh, we just will ignore that a little bit. I, I don't, I don't yeah, like so, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So w w I think, yeah, what's happening here, which I've been crazy, is they're turning science into religion, but they're calling it science, but the science is being taken out. And what's being called science is their political ideology. So yeah. science is being religion. Then there's a mix of some actual science in with left-wing philosophy and wherever science doesn't meet left-wing philosophy it's kicked out of the yeah, science and, and they and think that's good science. because they think i'm pure and my um you know my uh empathy is is at the highest evolved way and, and it'll, it'll make this science better but they but can i give you they don't example? realize that that's ignorance can i give you a, the most terrifying example of uh yeah. of this in the modern world yeah uh, okay so the there's something called the cochrane report and the Cochrane Report is like the gold standard has been for medical, the medical industry on like what treatments are. So Cochrane Report is like this industry standard meta-analysis of all the data as it pertains to a certain thing. Like, is this new method of heart surgery uh, good or bad? And a lot of doctors will say, well, wait for the Cochrane Report to let us know uh, where this goes. And like five years after it comes, like all the data is there. So finally, the Cochrane Report was released earlier this year on masking and COVID. And the Cochrane Report and found actually masks don't prevent the spread of COVID on, on like these masking policies and, and no effect. I saw so the that. Cochrane, which is the industry gold standard said, actually masking had no effect. Uh, you look at all the data, uh, like this is the gold standard. We've looked at every, we did the, the comprehensive amalgamated meta-analysis through all the data, ran it 4,000 times. This is the industry gold standard. We actually found no uh, scientific uh, merit to mask man, uh can, can I ask you a, a, a clear question? What, what yeah. do you what do you think if you had to sum it down to I guess a, a short summary? What do you think caused the breaking of of society as you call it called it temporarily? Or what do you and and, and I assume you're uh, making reference to major like to COVID sort of for yeah, a period well, COVID of time. COVID is a big part. These problems predate COVID. Like I just finished the Cochrane story. So the Cochrane said no significant thing. One, the medical industry for for years would change on on this. All of a sudden, they ignored the Cochrane Report, and the left just got so mad they bullied the Cochrane Report into releasing an apology. So they didn't actually say they're wrong, but wow. they got the Cochrane Report that to apologize that, that, for that, saying that 
masking had no effect. And then the media then wrote, oh, the Cochrane report was wrong wow. uh, on the masking. So they've now flipped. They didn't actually flip. They didn't actually say, well, we're, we're changing the data. They just apologized for stating the truth. And then this gave like CTV and, uh, and CBC and all the establishment media the ability to say, well, no, now you can ignore the Cochrane report because they apologized for, for giving the data. Like, that's insane, right? This is, this is insane. We're like, is this the religion of science? Well, exactly. that, that's not science. But this is the religion of science where this is, okay, we bully scientists into saying things that agree with our political narrative. And any scientific study that agrees with our political narrative becomes um, dogma writ large. And anything that doesn't is, is thrown out as heresy. So this is like, it's not science, but this is the religion of science. So yes, what causes... Yeah. And, and we're, this, is, this is not to say that it doesn't happen on the right as well with, because a leftist would argue, you know, and I like to interject these sometimes with, yeah. because, and they would argue, oh, corporate, you know, entities and money and stuff, they have the same type of negative, not pure influence. But, okay. So you want to call this right wing? Sure. sure. Okay. I, oh, I, I oh, yeah. this criticism. Um, but I, I don't think it's a, like, I don't think this no, is the criticism we're making right now is of the left, but I was just, right? so I, I would say that these corp major corporations are much better right now at hijacking leftist ideology to gain institutional. Oh, leverage, for sure. Right. For sure. So the number one kind of funny. way is this is like, right. All this environmental stuff, ESG, COVID, right. Um, yeah. you know, oh, our environmental is a big God. one. You get an ESG score, right. This, right. Who's benefiting off of all this? It's like BlackRock and Vanguard and all these major corporations because like the ESG regulating, which is like the, the North American equivalent of a social credit score for those who are unfamiliar with ESG. Yeah. And we're trying to push this hard in Canada. But who 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 hands out the ESG scores? Well, the, the government, but who's the government in bed with? It's all these different major corporations. So the banks, major banks have great ESG scores. They can invest in friggin', you know, African warlord uh, genocide, boom. But ESG, great, right? Um, BlackRock, Vanguard, because they the the inmates are running the asylum here and they're involved in making policy. Well, they have great ESG scores, right? It's small businesses who have to jump through the hoops and like yeah. what actually are subject to these ESG monitoring. No uh, and and that, right? that brings us back to COVID again, though, with with how you saw the small businesses suffer so much. Exactly. And, and then grocery stores were just like, fine, fine. Yeah. We, govern, so, we are the government. We deem it necessary. You know? Yeah, so the, so you can say corporations taking over is a right wing thing. I, that's corporatism. I, again, it's I, I can blame the left, you know, whatever. But I I think the more accurate way to say it is like the the way they are currently infiltrating the, the major corporations is when you increase regulations in a government, you have to be realistic. And this is where it's like got to cut your utopian thinking down and realize you live in the real world. When governments input regulations who has the ability to circumvent these regulations best right it's these major corporations who have access to millions of dollars of lawyers right have access to lobbying who can get certain provisions put into the laws right remember the snc lavalin scandal where they're like trudeau can i just have a law special law to get me out of trouble sure right um right but you have major corporations who have the abilities to one get into the process of writing uh, the laws or have special access where they're sort of pre-warned of what the laws could be or have the ability to hire a bunch of lawyers to get around them, whereas these costs don't, you know, a small business doesn't have $100,000 uh, of legal fees on retainer per year. Like that's, yeah. that's just the main cost for them, yeah. right? So the more regulations you have, the easier it is for major corporations to either 
suffer these costs, increase prices, and because if a major, if everyone's taking a hit across the board, right? This is a classic minimum wage thing, right? You move minimum wage up from fifteen dollars an hour to twenty dollars an hour. Well, Walmart can hit this cost because okay, inflation, prices go up, whatever. We can take a bit less of a loss, but we gain long term because every small business that takes the hit, well, a lot of them just go under, right? And then less competition, and then more people come to us. So then we could go to monopolistic prices, and yeah. you know. It's the, well, it's the, the back and forth, right? And that is right. what we want to see, and that is the point of democracy for sure. And I, hey, but I was going to ask you, in terms of the balance of democracy, let's call it, um, would you agree that, like, do, do you think that we should see conservative governments uh, in 80%, like, we should see, it should not be 50-50 in terms of, like, this area over here is, in terms of landmass, let's call it, of North America, just to make it simple. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't okay. see 50-50 liberal conservative what, what do you think is the ideal balance well i it, feel like it should be more conservative because listen I, I but the conservative priorities in canada are barely even conservative and too afraid to govern so yeah right now yeah the other problem is like a lot of the local level like school boards institution like a lot of this has been infiltrated by you know, radical leftists over the years, uh, institutional capture in academia, uh, now in school boards and education, like, uh, like um, uh, administration, uh, it, like the administrations are just filled with these ideologues. So this is where like the lower level, so you can have, the problem is you can have a conservative premier, right? But if the entire institution is, um, you know, trained in gender studies, then you know what percent of the government is conservative here? The, the, the leader doesn't really matter, is what right. you're the, saying. The leader, what's the leader going up against? So yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I, and I don't want to be like, well, we need like all the conservatives to get like one. If you're if you're listening to this and you know, you know you're uh, you know you're a mom of three and you're working part time, you're like, well, you know what? I can also be part time school board, whatever. I'm going to get in and sign up people and, and get it. Great, like do that. I'm I'm fully encouraging that. I think that that's needed um, to sort of fix society long term. It's a lot more like reasonable mothers and fathers who are like, okay, you know what? I actually do kind of have the time to be on a school board, whatever for, you know, okay, I have to do it. But it's not so much like we need 80% conservative. We need, it's like you need more people who are just going to be reasonable and not extreme ideologues. Like I think because if, if someone's more left-leaning, it's Canada. So it's always going to be a bit more left-leaning whatever. But if that left-leaning person is like old school, is tolerant um, of, of dissenting ideas, um, you know, when someone says, well, you know, some cultures believe two plus two is five and some people go, no, they don't. It's just, you're, you're just trying to sound not racist, but that's like a horribly racist thing to say that some like African tribes think two plus two is five. No, they don't. Show, show me, a, show me an African tribe that, that, that has that that has like yeah two plus two because you're basically like, saying that this not, this whole culture of affirming is yeah, not productive process. and it's not even affirming it's like just creating it's like oh there's some indigenous way of knowing math yeah no the mesopotamians came to mathematics um by their own the egyptians came to mathematics some white people did math as well i know you know india you know found the the number or the non-number zero thousands of years ago a lot of the like a lot of African uh, cultures as well, like had mathematics, like the way they would do it, though, is not through written language, but they had like complex systems of like interviews. You, you could see them like interweaving beads. It's same, very similar to like Incas and Aztecs of like, 
they did have complex math. They just didn't like write it down on tablets, but they had like sort of, we could say ancient abacuses where yeah. they could do like yeah. essentially the Africans like, stuff. Yeah, I know created like about. these things, which you could say kind of created credit in a way. And it's a very smart idea. And they kind of got screwed over because this couldn't transfer to Europe. So this is why they traded in slaves because they sort of had like a credit economy where you could keep track of things, right? Which works if you have digitized credit on mass for the world, which is what we came to, but doesn't really work if you have credit written down on like a physical piece of paper yeah. or on a, th a threaded needle system through an yeah. administration. Which, like, so my thing is like, if you actually look at like how these African tribes came up with their mathematics, like it is clever. Like and human beings, if left alone, will develop societies and find out math, which is two plus two equals so four. Cool. And they will be black or white or Asian. And all of them can figure two plus two equals four. Yeah. It is not an African or indigenous way of knowing that two plus two equals five. It doesn't. Leave indigenous people alone. They will figure out two plus two equals four. And they'll find a way to, to get this down. And some cultures did really smart things and, you know, had bead and thread counters and, and administrative systems that that created credit but this didn't translate to the modern world because it wasn't digitized and now we have digital credit so it's it, like it's not like white people figured out math everyone figured it like but there's this insane thought that you, you know get the in thing i heard the other day speaking of whites is i i heard that and i know this is in english which is obviously kind of it's kind of yeah. like a white language but i heard that the word slave comes from the words slav. slav which is which is i believe slavic people are white yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone used to like ever you go back, you go back far enough in your ancestry, you deserve reparations and you also have to pay ref reparations exactly. for slavery. That's so right. So crazy. But then but this is like you can literally come up with a numerical example in, in this case of, of how the government makes mistakes in this exact example, because what you just said is true. But but we gave them several billion dollars. And wh where does that money actually go? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's also the problem of like, when you just throw money at communities um, with no oversight, like this, they're this still going to complain better. I think there's, okay. You just hit on a very important note yeah. um, on the reparations thing. So we, like I've seen CBC things advocating for reparations of slavery, even though when Canada was formed, slavery was illegal. Like slavery, slavery was abolished pre-Canada exactly. and my city, Toronto, right? So city of Toronto and the province of Ontario founded as upper Canada. Founded in 1792. First Lieutenant Governor of, of Upper Canada is John Grave Simcoe. Um, capitals in Toronto. First City Hall, it's, it's where the St. Lawrence Market is now, but just there. 1792, the city and the, the province is established under the thing, established in 1793. In the first like major bill that gets put forward to Parliament is the Act Against Slavery. John Grave Simcoe was an abolitionist. He wanted to abolish slavery. The first ever major legislative attempt to abolish slavery, right, in the world comes out of like the founding of Toronto and John Grave Simcoe. And he worked and like, you know, by 7, 1804, slavery was basically abolished in Canada, like legally in 1804. It, it almost feels like, like we have holiday. whites to thank for abolishing slavery legally. Is yeah. although and they like, partook in it most recently. Although there's still yeah, people like, in like South America who have slaves. There's still people in the Middle East who have slaves. I know Pakistan's people. a slave economy, Qatar's yeah. a slave economy, Saudi Arabia's a yeah. slave economy. Hey, we have yeah. modern slavery. Yeah. Um, let, me, we, let me ding off a couple things on my list here before you continue. Because I got all these things that I we're moving yeah. that we're moving past that I want to make sure okay. I say. 
to do with what you were saying about Ben, I was saying that it's, I think it, that mayors should be more like how like a king used to be in a community where they would talk with the people. You know, they would go down to the bar and, and maybe one night they would have too much to drink and fucking sleep in the bar. I think that that is the way a mayor should be, you know? Yeah, I mean, the mayor would be far more accessible than John Tory. Like, exactly. John Tory sits on fancy corporate board. Like, if you're the CEO of Rogers, yeah, you've got John Tory's number. And, you know, the, the Galen Weston can call up John Tory anytime he wants. And these people could still call up Ben Bankus, Galen but so Weston. can everyone else. Like, like if, if, if the CEO of Rogers wants to come down to Yuck Yucks and... <laughs> talk to Ben after the show, like everyone else. Yeah, he can. Yeah, um, the entry fee is six to... beers. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's open to everyone. Yeah, it, this just would even the playing field of, of, of access yeah. um, to, to, to the mayor. Yeah. So, and, and also like Ben's not gonna be really doing much as mayor. So we're not gonna be doing, you know, he's not gonna be doing himself favors. So like, it, you know, it's gonna be pretty equal across the board. Listen, I, I would say under a bank's administration where I am sort of deputy mayor and, and doing his homework for him, right, and while he's off getting drunk and, 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 and telling jokes. If, listen, if you're a citizen of Toronto and you can make a thing like, here's a bullshit bylaw that we don't need that just makes everyone's life harder. Can we just get rid of this stupid law from 1865 that makes it illegal for businesses to, like, um, have, you know, uh, you know, you can't sell hammers at the front of a store and they have to be behind the screws because yeah. someone complained in the 1970s. Yeah, we get rid of that. Like if yeah. it's ridiculous, like, oh, you know, in all businesses need uh, the building code for washrooms. They need to be yeah. um, like building codes are fine. But like, here's this ridiculous provision where you have to spend $50,000 a year on an inspection for your businesses. Nothing that the, yeah. okay, we get rid like, we get like, rid okay. of we get rid we, of that. We, 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 we can work and get rid of these things and just make your lives as business owners absolutely miserable. Your lives as citizens absolutely miserable. Like, okay, um, here's an intersection where there's 10,000 car crashes a day. Can we add a stop sign? Sure. Like someone, okay. It's not, it's not like we're going to do like nothing. But again, like we're not going to have these initiatives where like the, the old one is like build a, build a bridge to the island airport was a David Miller's uh, big thing. Like, no hey, I got a question for you that I want to, I, I think is kind of like a comedy bit. Um, who is the, who is the biggest adversary of the, of the Jewish person other than like the Nazi? Is it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Who is it? I mean, there's a lot. Um, a group, group. There's, I'd say there's, there's three. I mean, the three biggest anti-Semitic groups right now are like neo-Nazis. Yeah, um, radical leftists who okay. are social justice and uh, Islamist terrorists. Islamist so, terrorists. Okay, that was what I thought. And so the yeah. bit is, and I don't know, and this is just kind of, I thought this, you maybe have thought of this, but it's like, so because you're like a, you're a devout Jewish person, right? No, I'm not devout. I'm, I'm, you're I'm not. cultural. Like you're not. I'm not wearing a keeper right now. Yeah, for so sure. Like, I, I, but it's part I, of your I, identity, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm culturally Jewish. Like, I'll, I'll give a quick thing. Like, okay. If you're born Jewish, you can't, there's no opt-out clause. There's no excommunication. So, so you're Jewish, right? you, your mom is Jewish, right? So it's like the real My mom Jewish. is Jewish, so that makes Bingo. me Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like, I've had a bar mitzvah. My cousin's bar, I'm, my cousin's kid's bar mitzvah is later tomorrow, is, is later this week. So he'll have like, there's a call, like, I don't celebrate Christmas. We do Hanukkah. It's not like I'm anti, but like, we do the Jewish holidays instead of Christian ones. But like, it's, it's inaccurate. I'm not like Ben Shapiro is a devout Jew. Yeah. Like he won't like. Like if you go to if he comes over to your house, like you'd have to order in special kosher food. Gotcha. Like you could cook like you could cook like if I came over and you cooked me a meal, I would not be like, well, these plates aren't kosher and technically like yeah. no, like I, gotcha. I you can you can cook me a bacon sandwich and I'd be like, Thank you. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's not right. So I'm not religiously practicing yeah. Yeah. this, but yeah. culturally, yeah, I do Hanukkah um, instead of Christmas. Um, and, you know, all of this is fine. So, okay. It, it's okay. So now that you've explained yourself, allow me to make an insensitive joke. Uh, I okay. feel like uh, it's like, so you have a dot on your forehead that's kind of like where they put their dot, isn't it? The bindi? No, that's that's Hindu women. Fuck. So the so the joke doesn't work then. Middle doesn't Eastern work. people no, don't it. do that. That's it. Yeah, Indian that's, people. You know, but but I know that I I know some India are, are Indian people anti-Semitic at all or no? No. no. India is very interesting. I have I have a good relationship with uh, India. Um, Dang it. Then the joke doesn't work. Then never mind. No, no, no. India India is India is fascinating because India is one of the cultures that doesn't understand. Well, let me tell you, like, I know a bunch of India India people, Indi Indians, East Indians, whatever yeah. you call them these days. Um, and they, they were all Muslims. And so, so India does have a large Muslim. No, no. If they, if they have a Bindi in the middle of their head, the, the dot, that the, they're Hindu. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, th th that's Hindu women who. That's Hindu uh, certain, women. Okay. Hindu gotcha. Women. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So India is interesting. I, again, I'm learning this. A lot of India, a lot of Indians, like they just don't understand anti-Semitism because it's just not in their culture. Like these, these anti-Semitic stereotypes. Whatever, it's just not in Indian Hindu culture. So they just don't understand like what like the not they just don't understand what the Nazis are talking I like about. Anti, I like people who are upset about anti-Semitism because it's finally some white people who are upset about people attacking white people. It's like more whites need to be upset about the racism towards them, you know? And I feel like the yeah. uh, Jewish people are the only ones who are like, let stop this shit. Like, but oh, but yeah, let I me mean, ask you though, do you consider and to do with the whole Kanye thing too, like do yeah. you do you do you consider Jewish uh, a different race? Like, it's one of the things where it's it's like okay, anti like people who general generally speaking people who who hate white people those anti white people tend to can count Jews as white people. Yeah. Um, yeah. People who love white people don't count Jews as white people. So this is not a winning conversation and. Jews themselves I have never are different. Put so eloquently, that's so funny. Sorry, yeah. please continue. Okay, okay, so Jews themselves have different races. So, you know, most of Israel, right? People like Israel's a European settler, settler, colonialist, blah, 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 blah. Well, the majority of Israelis are not of European descent. Most of them come from the Middle Eastern Jews. Over half of Israeli population has no connection to Europe whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, these are, you know, you, you, people know... Ashkenazi Sephardic Jews, like I'm Ashkenazi descent, that's like the Eastern European, that's the one you tend to hear most about in the Sephardic, yeah. but there's also Mizrahi yeah, Jews, which is like, yeah. yeah, Mizrahi is probably the ones your, your listeners haven't heard this phrase before, but these are like Jews of Middle Eastern descent, right? So Jews from Morocco, Jews from Yemen, Jews from Egypt, like um, when Israel was founded Michael over Michael Mizrahi. Oh, oh, oh yeah, no, I've heard, no, I'm just thinking of a poker player that yeah. I know whose last name is Mizrahi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so when Israel was, after the independence war, when Israel was founded, you know, uh, 850,000 Jews were made refugees in the Middle East after being kicked out of their homes and the Farhuds and the, the pogroms there, right? All of those, you know, went to Israel. So you had like, in its founding, right, nearly a million non-white Jews just off after the independence war to make up that population. So the, the global Jewish population is like 14 million, right? Half of that is what you would call white European descent, right, has roots in Europe, half of that has no connection whatever to Europe. So like there's half the Jewish population you just can't even call white because they have no 
European so connection. It's 50, They're, you're Eastern. saying that it's it's largely 50-50. It's it's pretty much 50-50 globally, right? People people tend to focus more on Jews in North America who um you know have European descent, but also like that's why everybody debates whether Jesus was white or or dark. Yeah, like, and mean, then they all have you have you have you heard of that uh that painting of that's supposed to be of Jesus? Have you ever heard of that? Uh, painting? Yeah. It's the most expensive the painting ever painted. I, I forget what it's called though. You... But here's the thing though with, with like not like purely sub-Saharan African black racialism. Um, Wait, say that again. You... Say, can you say, say that so, again? So he, okay, so here's the thing with like sort of, you know, race, race on a like, let's say evolutionary timeline. It only takes a few generations to take someone who's not like purely black sub-Saharan African, like, like pure, like, you know, Wesley Snipes, level of shade but if you have someone of middle eastern descent right and within a few generations you have a little bit of intermarriage someone who was like you know 50 generations from egypt can look super white with like you know little blonde oh. hair and blue eyes okay after so it's like they'd be like oh i'm not white i'm middle eastern but it's like you look pretty white so like this is where okay. the racial distinction so you're kind of saying that like whites are kind of like more like middle easterns than they are like asians we should be called Cock Easterns, not Caucasians. Yeah, or like what I'm because saying, Asians though, and Blacks. That when you mix mix a Black or an Asian with a White, you can tell for sure. But when you mix, yeah, sorry. I'm just saying, you moved to Egypt. You and your wife moved to Egypt. You know your grandkids, great your great grandkids, like they're gonna look just like pretty much like every. It's they're not gonna look like these Viking Nordics like standing out among it. Like they're you're gonna like your kids are all gonna kind of look. Egyptian and like, you know, you have this thing where like, you know, it makes sense in and now the world's more interconnected. So races are mixing, but you take out modern travel, like you go somewhere where there's a lot of sun, people are going to get darker over time because evolutionary adaption, right? You're exposed to more sun. Yeah. The evolution trade-off in, in human beings is the more sun you're exposed to, you want darker skin because you want the better protection from the sun's rays. Um, yep. and you decrease your risk of skin cancer because you're getting enough vitamin D. Yes. The further north you live, the more darkness you have to endure, the lighter skin you want because the evolution trade-off is when there is vitamin D, D available, you want to be able to absorb as much of it and you take yeah. the greater What's risk. the evolutionary advantage cancer. to a small penis? Um, <sighs> the, the, actual, the actual evolutionary advantage, though, is to larger penises um, in, in, that can make... so. Um, the, 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 uh, humans comparatively have gigantic penises in the end. Every guy should feel, feel compared to the other great apes. You're, you're killing it. We're killing like, the monkeys. We're, we're killing we're all the apes. You're killing it. Like they're, they're like, yes, yeah, sperm whales have bigger ones, but like, yeah. you know, top 10 in the animal kingdom. So you they got, should have called us penises ten. instead of humans. That's basically all yeah. we are. The, the, the evolutionary adaptation to the larger penises is, in societies like let's say bonobo societies where you know women would have you know sex with lots of guys at a time um the larger you know, the larger penis provides a function to create like sort of let's say suction that would remove the sperm from the other males um and 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 push it out and put your uh your seed into the female so the larger penises work as a means to Get other so that would be a reproductive advantage of a big penis. So let's say that you were in a like a, a fight to the death against a man. 
Uh, do you think that your penis hiding away would be a huge advantage? Because he can't grab that and rip it off. Then no reproduction whatsoever. If you, if you, if it's your penis is grabbable, then you're fucked. Uh, maybe that's yeah. The, the smaller. Listen, when Ben Bankus is mayor, everyone will have huge penises. Everyone will have the penis they want. Everyone gets to choose their own penis size. Everyone can choose, and you get the penis you want. And it's oh. going to be government funded. Awesome. Government funded. You get men, women. Where do you want a penis? Do you want it uh, in between your legs? Do you want it on your legs? You get a I penis where shoulder. you want. Hey, it's your right. Shoulder it's your strength. right. It's your right as a Canadian um, to yeah, identify how you want and get yep. a penis exactly where you want, when you want. How many penises do you want? How big do you want them? Where do you want them? You get them. You get them all. Okay. And with that, I will say that we're going to call this an episode of Canadian Talk with Daniel Boardman. Uh, we want to thank you all very much for tuning in. So again, if you want to find them on social media, it is Daniel Boardman, and he's mostly active on Facebook, correct? Facebook. I, I do the National Telegraph more on Facebook. So the National and, Telegraph and shows are the National Telegraph on Facebook. That's like the publication I write for. And yes, I have my own Facebook page. I'm most active probably under my name now on Twitter. I mean, you can find Twitter. me Daniel Boardman. D-A-N-I-E-L-B-O-R-D-M-A-N. Yep. Type that in. You'll find me. I, yep. I tend to do it. If, if it's my name and face, that's me. Um, yeah, he's ben spelled board like how Americans spell color. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're conservative on the letters. Saving yeah. you time. Ex conservative on the letters. I'm exactly. a man of the people. Yeah, I took yeah. the other, the potential other A out. Yeah. We want yeah. a man of the people. Ben yeah. Bankus, you can find him under his name, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Um, I write for the National Telegraph. Again, we... We, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you get your news, and yeah, it's, I, I believe spread the truth. Your name. Yep. Okay. Well, I want thanks a lot, man. Uh, and that will be episode fifty nine of Canadian Talk. Out. See you guys okay. later. Canadian Talk. Thanks for listening, and any questions or concerns for the show, as well as voice recordings and voice messages that you'd like us to listen to, or advertisement inquiries, please forward those along to CanadianTalkWithStefan at gmail.com. Thanks. We also have a website, stephanjackson.ca, where you can find a back catalogue of all our episodes. And we're also on YouTube, where you can find the video versions.